Hey, this is Sam for Dobbs. If you need tires, hop on our website, go to Dobbs.com. We'll save you time searching brands, sizes, and prices, and save you money because we sell tires at the lowest price in town, guaranteed. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. This is Carragher and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Brought to you by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Great floors for every home. With locations in Crestwood, Manchester, Overland, and St. Peter's. And online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. The Blues were in Pittsburgh last night, flew home, and John Kelly did the game here on 101 ESPN. And he's kind enough kind enough to get up early and talk to us about the Blues here on 101 ESPN. Michelle Smallman, Randy Carricker, and to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. JK, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Randy. How are you? Doing well. And uh, we've had several people text in, and we were talking about how that game kind of changed when Nico Mikola mixed it up with Sidney Crosby. You, you you wake up Sidney Crosby, and you're waking up a giant. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Joey Vitale, who, of course, played with Sidney Crosby, you know, he was spot on um, with his analysis when it happened and even later in the game is is, you know, teams that – see Crosby a lot teams in his division and players they they don't like to engage him like that because it fires him up and you know even a a quote-unquote normal Sidney Crosby is a real good player but when you have an angry and motivated Sidney Crosby uh, then you have a different animal and he he almost willed that team to victory last night but you know what's Mikel is supposed to do you know he's defending his net he's defending against one of the top players in the NHL and, you know, they were hacking and whacking at each other, and he was protecting himself. So, you know, you want your players to be aggressive against top players, and that's what Mikola was. You know, probably what, where he went a little bit too far was the punch to the face where he perhaps cut him on the nose. I don't know. But, you know, I like aggressiveness with defensemen, and, you know, I think Mikola was just trying to do his job. That moment changed the momentum of the game, as did the goalie interference challenge that happened in the third period. Did you think that that was the right call, John? Well, I think it was the wrong call because, you know, obviously, the, you know, the referee's explanation, you know, that, that Crosby was not in the goal crease and, and, you know, the puck really was above the plane of the goal line, outside the goal line. But to me, uh, there are two key things here. Number one, Bennington's skates were in the goal crease and he was trying to do his job. And regardless of whether his, you know, glove reached outside the plane of the goal line, I think that's irrelevant. I mean, to me, the goaltender has got to be able to play his position. And he was in the goal crease. He was trying to catch a puck. And Crosby, a split second before he caught the puck, he touched his glove. And he couldn't catch the puck. So, to me, it's it's interference. And, you know, I, I like the challenge. Um, obviously, the Blues lost the challenge. Um, and, and we know what happened. They scored the winning goal 12 seconds later. But, to me, the bottom line is if, if the goaltender can't move and, and – make his normal movements to, you know, stop the puck. And that's what was the case last night. 
you know, I don't, I don't know what goaltender interference was. And again, Bennington was in his goal crease last night. And John, I love the idea of the challenge in hockey. But I do think that coaches should be allotted one or two like they have in the NFL, and then you lose. And maybe then if you get one, you keep it. I know they want their games to be shortened. My point is I don't think that there should be, for your first challenge, a two-minute penalty if you, if you don't get it right. Yeah, I, I think there's some validity to that, Randy, and I don't think it's really about keeping the game short. I mean, you know, the average length of a game in the NHL is two and a half hours. That's, right. That, that's pretty quick. But I think what happened was is coaches were taking advantage of the challenge to basically buy a timeout. And so they are the ones, the coaches are the ones that really um, spurred on the league to make that change because there were a lot of challenges where the coach really had no chance to win. And they did it to basically buy a timeout. So that's why they made the change. But, Randy, I, I, I don't disagree with you. Um, that's to me, is a harsh penalty when even Mike Sullivan – I read his quotes after the game, the Penguin coach, and he even said it's hard on coaches. You know, you have about 30, 45 seconds to make a decision, and there's really not a hard and fast rule when it comes to goalie interference, as we saw last night. You know, there are a lot of times, in, in, including last night, where it, it could go either way. And, and Mike Sullivan admitted that it's hard on coaches. So, you know, in those situations, maybe they should give the, the coaches one challenge uh, before getting penalized. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. John, we haven't talked to you since the Winter Classic, the Blues defeating Minnesota 6-4 to in that one. It was the coldest game in NHL history, but I guess the cold never bothered the Blues anyway because it was a great game out of them. What did you think of their performance in the Winter Classic? It was outstanding. And, you know, they they were great in the first period, really should have been up, you know, by th- two or three goals. I thought O'Reilly's line really set the tone in the first period and, and was fantastic. And in the second period, obviously the line of Thomas and Tarasenko and Cairo really took center stage and dominated that game. So, yeah, they played great. And, you know, they, they wore those beach attire um, <laughs> uniforms or whatever you want to call it into the stadium. And I, I think it was Tori Krug that said, if you're going to wear that, um, you better win the game. Because it was a very confident statement walking into Target Field in, in beach attire. And, you know, I, I like it. I like confident athletes. And, and They showed a lot of confidence, and they backed it up, which is great. The Blues have been a great home team. Now they have five in a row at home against some really good teams. Washington, then Dallas comes in, should be able to handle Seattle, but then Toronto and Nashville to wrap up the five-game homestand. This, to me, seems to be a key slice of the season for the Blues. Yeah, Randy, but you could probably say that, you know, every two weeks, right? Because it's such a competitive division. I mean, who would have thought right now, uh, you know, on January 6th that Nashville would be leading the Central Division. Yeah, right. I mean, to me, they're one of the surprise teams. And, you know, they're a better team um, than they have been the last couple of years. And we know Colorado is 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 coming on. And they haven't, have, they haven't played enough games right now. But they're obviously an elite team. I don't need to say that. And, you know, you have Minnesota. And, and Winnipeg is a team that obviously made a coaching change now with Dave Lowry. They're playing better hockey. It's going to be a dogfight. And you can't count out Dallas, a team that, went to the final a couple of years ago. So I think every, you know, every segment, however you want to break it down, you know, two weeks or 10 games, whatever, you have got to be above 500 basically in, in every segment. And, you know, say the next 10 games, you know, at minimum you need to be six and four. If you're not, you're going to lose pace with the pack. So that's the bottom line in this division this year. 
John Jordan Cairo had an hi- a historic performance in the Winter Classic. He was the NHL's first star of the week. He lights the lamp again last night. I think I'm running out of things to say about him. It's almost as if I expect to see something exciting and electric from him every single game now. Yeah, but you're right, Michelle. He's one of those players where when he gets the puck coming out of his zone through the neutral zone and he has some time and space, you sort of uh, you know get up on the edge of your seat and you, you really pay attention because something special could happen. I think what's really amazing when, when you go back and think about his performance on New Year's Day, it was minus 10 degrees, as we know. And, you know, we've all played sports outdoors, or most of us have when it's really cold, you know, whether it's football or baseball or hockey. You, you know, your, your hands, you, you can't feel your hands. So I think what was really amazing is that Jordan Cairo put up those four points, and, you know, I'm not sure he could even feel his hands. So that, to me, was such, was such amazing um, athleticism is he did it when it was so cold, and it's hard to, to you know, make good passes and, and toe drag people and things like that. So, uh, you know, maybe he had a hand warmers in his gloves. I don't know, but um, that, to me, was what was really amazing is how cold it was and and his skill level was still at an elite level. John Kelly, we always appreciate talking to you. Thanks very much for the time. And we will see you and hear you on Friday night at Enterprise Center. Okay, Randy, Michelle, thanks for having me.